I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Greetings and welcome to Thoughts from Meharry Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 38 of Thoughts from Meharry Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to answer questions from listeners. So this week, I thought I would do something a little bit different with the podcast. Uh, actually, as you're listening to this, if you're listening right after I upload it, I'm in Florida, and uh, yeah, somebody has to do it. You know, somebody has to make these sacrifices. So, since I knew that I was going to be traveling, and it's difficult logistically to put a podcast together when I'm on the road, I thought I would just go ahead and do it the weekend before. So I'm actually recording this on Sunday. And as a result, I was trying to think of something that I could do, well, to be quite honest, something that was relatively easy uh, since I'm working on the weekend. So I decided it would be interesting to solicit some questions from my Facebook page and answer listener questions. So I did that, and I got three really, really good questions that I want to delve into today. And the first of these questions uh, involves legislation. And he asked, if I could introduce any new legislation which is guaranteed to pass, what would it be? And I had to think long and hard about this because there are so many different things that I would love to do legislatively. Uh, 99% of it involves repealing things and, and getting rid of stuff. There are very few laws I would like to pass. I basically would like to just repeal a bunch of laws. But even at that, there's just so many different things that... I would love to tackle. And so I asked if it could be like an omnibus, omnibus bill, you know, and do like Congress and, and put 637 things in one bill. But uh, I was told that I had to stick to one issue. So I think if I could have one piece of legislation and I would guarantee that it would pass, it would be a constitutional amendment. And I don't know if this is what the person asked the question had in mind, but it's my show, so I get to answer how I want. Uh, it would be a constitutional amendment to the U.S. Constitution, and what I would do is I would repeal the 16th Amendment. I would repeal the income tax because I think that the idea that the government could come along and take a portion of, of what you earn, first off, is just in and of itself anti-liberty. I mean, let's be honest, in a sense, it's like partial slavery. The government is saying it owns a certain percentage of your labor, and that is just antithetical to liberty. Second off, by limiting taxation, we theoretically limit the scope of government because ultimately the government needs tax money to run, uh, You know, accepting the, the point that they can print money and borrow money. But 
theoretically at least, it needs our revenue in order to keep running. So if you limit its revenue, then you're effectively limiting the scope of what it can do. So definitely would love to repeal the 16th Amendment and get rid of that federal income tax. Now, the second question is was quite a bit tougher. And the first one was tough because there were so many options. The second one is tough for a different reason because, for me, there's not a whole lot of options. And and the question is this. Which Supreme Court justice do you feel best upheld the original Constitution as ratified? So this question was tough to answer on a couple of levels. The first being, I just don't really like the Supreme Court very much. So when you ask me which justice was the best in terms of upholding the original Constitution, my gut reaction is to say none of them. Uh, obviously, that's really not fair. Over the course of history, there have been some decent Supreme Court justices. But by and large, the court is the institution most responsible for expanding federal power far beyond its intent. Uh, and especially today, the Supreme Court is the rubber stamp of all unconstitutional actions and enables Congress and the president to get away with all of the things that they do. So, you know, when it comes to the Supreme Court, my impulse is to think of it as as the uh, wrecker of the Constitution, not the protector of it. But again, there have been some decent justices, but the fact of the matter is I probably don't know who many of them are because I've not spent a lot of time studying constitutional law. Now, I've spent years studying the Constitution and the ratification of the Constitution and the original meaning of the Constitution, but that's a completely different field than constitutional law. In fact, if you talk to most constitutional lawyers for any amount of time, you'll quickly find out that they know absolutely nothing about the Constitution itself. You know, they know a bunch of Supreme Court cases and precedent and and reasoning of all of the judges, but they don't have any idea what the original meaning was and what the ratifiers uh, thought that they were agreeing to when they ratified the Constitution. So not a constitutional lawyer, don't know much about constitutional law, haven't studied a lot of, uh, of the Supreme Court justices. So my pool of candidates here is pretty limited. So to answer the question, I'm going to have to go with William Johnson. Johnson was a Thomas Jefferson nominee to the court in 1804. Uh, He was actually the first justice to sit on the Supreme Court that was not a member of the Federalist Party. He was a Democrat-Republican. That put him in the same party as Thomas Jefferson and James Madison. And he definitely shared their view of the Constitution as a compact and that the federal powers were meant to remain limited and that we need to look to the original understanding of the Constitution in order to understand what it meant. Uh, that the meaning of the Constitution derives its power from the ratification and not from court precedent and court opinion. He frequently dissented with the Federalist majority. He often uh, debated with John Marshall, who you know, obviously had a, uh, a program to expand uh, federal power and make the government more of a nationalist type of thing. Uh, William Johnson stood up against that, and he was even willing to stand up against his friends. He Uh, locked horns with President Jefferson because he felt that the uh, executive branch was exceeding its constitutional authority in its control over maritime trade and uh, actually defied the orders of the federal collector of the Port of Charleston. So uh, Johnson was definitely somebody who was willing to stand on principle, and he was definitely somebody who uh, had an originalist vision uh, of the Constitution. In fact, Ralph Berger, who I would say is the Uh, the best academic in terms of understanding the 14th Amendment, 
uh, quoted Johnson in his book, The 14th Amendment and the Bill of Rights. And Berger wrote, Justice William Johnson referred in 1827 to the presumption that the contemporaries of the Constitution have claims to our deference, quote, because they had the best opportunity of informing themselves of the understanding of the framers of the Constitution and of the sense put upon it by the people when it was adopted by them. So clearly Johnson believed that the Constitution uh, derived its meaning from the people themselves and their understanding of it when ratified. So just based on that alone, I would have to put Johnson in the uh, top Supreme Court justices, uh, certainly one of my favorites and, and uh, tops in the ones that I know. I want to get to one more question before I wrap up the show. Jeff writes, it's Women's History Month. Who are some of your favorite founding mothers, and what role did they play in the Revolution? This is a great question, and unfortunately, I'm looking at the clock and I'm running out of time. I may actually do an entire episode uh, on this. Uh, my, my favorite founding mother is Mercy Otis Warren, and she was the sister of James Otis Jr., who was famous in pre-revolutionary history uh, on his own right. He was the lawyer who fought the British on general warrants. These were these broad, sweeping warrants that basically allowed British troops and customs agents to search homes and businesses at will. But Mercy was a force in her own right. She wrote a number of, of plays and poems in the years before the Revolution that were designed to undermine royal authority in Massachusetts. And she urged colonists to resist the British infringements on colonial rights and liberties. Uh, she was known to write to Thomas Jefferson and uh, was very close to John Adams. So she walked in these intellectual circles and, and definitely held her own. Uh, after the Revolution, she was an anti-Federalist. She opposed the uh, the ratification of the Constitution, and actually wrote a tract uh, urging not to ratify, especially without a Bill of Rights. She also gets credit for writing the very first history of the Revolutionary War, and uh, she has a, a number of really, really good quotes. I'm going to close out the show with a quote from her history of the Revolution, and I think it's very applicable today. She wrote, There is a certain supineness which generally overspreads the multitude and disposes mankind to submit quietly to any form of government rather than to be at the expense and hazard of resistance. They become attached to the ancient modes by habits of obedience, though the reins of authority are sometimes held by the most rigorous hand. Thus we have seen in all ages the many become the slaves of the few, preferring the wretched tranquility of inglorious ease. They patiently yield to despotic masters until awakened by the multiplied wrongs to the feelings of human nature, which when once aroused to a consciousness of the native freedom and equal rights of man, ever revolts at the idea of servitude. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. I hope you enjoyed this uh, little bit different format. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please do me a favor and spread the word. Make sure you head over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast for free if you haven't already. And send me any ideas or thoughts to michael.meharry at 10thamendmentcenter.com. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you next time.